episode 72 it is officially spooky season so we'll be doing scary songs all month long oh i did i was unaware of that but i'm i am jazzed and also season of the witch it's a pretty spooky song it is it really is yeah that's a cover by karen elson um but i which i like a lot it's pretty dope yeah, it sounded really cool. It took, it took me a second, like I recognized it, but I was like, "Oh yeah, what song is this? Uh, who who does that originally?" Oh shit, I knew you were gonna ask that. Uh, Donovan, Donovan, Donovan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Donovan's kind of like the bad Van Morrison, though, right? <laughs> I, I, that's a good. Yes, that is a really good way to put it. I totally agree. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm just checking. I guess I don't know it. I I really really like that Donovan song. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what uh, um, what else does he have? Hurdy gurdy man. Oh man. Oh yeah, Mellow Yellow. Man. Yeah, the, he's yeah. Not not uh, not great songs. <laughs> not, not, not not the greatest. Of songs. Not the greatest. <laughs> so uh, well, before we get into it a little bit uh, here, I wanted to bring up: Have you been like keeping track or are aware of like? Dave Grohl's epic song battle with this like 10 year old girl yes yeah it's been really entertaining (laughs) (laughs) it it has been because like I kind of just watched a little bit of it I haven't been like fully invested but I just watched like one of the songs that she just did Mm mm-hmm and it was like really good. Yeah, really. I haven't seen that one yet. I've been keeping up, but I haven't I'll have to watch that one I was like super impressed. I was like (laughs) Dude, if she honestly wrote this, which I would totally believe she did, it's like kind of a fucking banger. Yeah, like it, it it's pretty cool. But yeah, because I was aware of her because I saw her cover like I think she she covered like Cochise by Audio Slave. Oh yeah, and then I think she covered like a Rage song, and mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed. And you know, she she does she plays drums, she plays guitar, she plays bass. That, yeah, that's awesome, man. I knew that. that no, you you called it like a you called it. Did you call it like a a, a rivalry? Because it's definitely not a, a rivalry. It's like a friendly. Uh, it's a friendly rivalry. Yeah, where like Dave Grohl is being super supportive of this ten year old girl. He like wrote her a theme song, and I think he sent yeah. her like a guitar or something like. Yeah, it's not like an actual rivalry, but when you watch the videos, that's how they're like trying to make it seem. Because right. they're in like a battle right now. Yeah, because okay, they had okay. a drum battle, and then now they're having like a song battle. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's no, it's all very fun and supportive. But that's um, <laughs> what if it wasn't though? That'd be hilarious. Dave Grohl was just like had serious beef with this ten-year-old girl drummer. <laughs> I'm not sure which is better. I would also really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic, too. Um, I think I may have talked about this, but there is this really, really good video of Dave Grohl, like, just pretending to be, like, super fucking drunk on, like, a tour bus. And he's oh, like, yeah. tell me, I was in fucking Nirvana. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh, it's so okay. good. He's the best, man. 
dude, I, I just, I don't know. I don't get tired of him. Yeah. I just don't. It's just everything just, it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, I'm sure there are people who get sick of him because he always wants to do some big, giant, grandiose project. But at the end, it's kind of always cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's at least interesting because nobody else does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is fucking somebody from Arcade Fire going to come out and make a documentary? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. It's pretentious if they do it, but yeah. I... Dave Grohl's kind of a slightly little Midwest boy, too. Kind yeah. of. Because <laughs> West, West Virginia wouldn't be Midwest. Eh. I don't know. It's probably a little too far east to be Midwest. But um, yeah, I, is that I where he's from? It, I had no idea. So, actually, he was born in Ohio. Whoa. He was, he, but he grew up in West Virginia. Hmm, okay. I always just assumed he he was, like, from the Seattle area because of Nirvana. (laughs) No, no, he, he, like I said, I think his family, he was born in, I think he was born in Akron, and then he um, grew up in West Virginia, and he, he actually, he grew up in D.C. Oh, okay, hmm. So that's, that's his punk background gotcha and shit is, yeah. is the is the dc punk scene but he literally only like went out to the west coast for nirvana oh okay huh so he has this weird like <clears throat> affinity with ohio because he because there there was there was actually a video of just this fucking cover band at some akron fairground doing like van halen covers and he got up and played drums with them whoa that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then but obviously dc is where he a lot of his informative age was and then you know being out now now he lives in california so he has like a yeah i know a lot about dave (laughs) yeah sounds like (laughs) it yeah no i knew i always knew that (laughs) um let's can we drink can, can we please drink something? Yes, we can absolutely <laughs> right. drink. I am parched. <laughs> I am. I'm drinking coffee and it sucks. Uh, all right. Mitch, what you drinking? I am drinking a... This one, I picked it out because the bottle looked super cool. It's from Elysian Brewing Company. Um, it's called Salute the Sun. Check out that bottle. It's like That's- a little lime. And it's like yeah, laser a melting looking. lime. It's a pale ale with black limes. Oh, fuck. yeah. It's conditioned on sun dried black limes and vibrates with a ridiculous amount of citra hops. Slightly tart, highly citrusy, super chill. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, we whatever the will, fuck that means. We will find out about that. Um, right on. Looks good. It's got a good color. Yeah, it's got a real good color. Um, hmm. What you thinking? You seem perplexed. I'm just trying to find out if I actually like it or not. It's very generic. Oh, really? See, that's, <laughs> that's why I get tired of beer people. Because, like, they make a beer with a super cool label. Like, oh, man, look at this super cool art. Man, our font <laughs> is even badass. Yeah. Check out this dope description. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. man, this just tastes like a fuck. It tastes like a Coors. Exactly. It tastes like beer. Yeah. So, yeah, it says, like, with black limes. I can't. Well, I don't know what a black lime is. Like, honestly, a, a black lime could walk in the door right now and slap me in the face. And I would be like, what are you even? I wouldn't even know. Um. <laughs> black limes matter. <laughs> 
I do. I I only said that because it does feel weird that they're distinguishing that it's a black lime. Right. This yeah. thing I've never heard of. Yeah, I've never seen a black lime in my life. Yeah. I mean, is it just a lime, or we may be drawing too many lines here? Oh boy, all limes matter. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, but like green limes, though. <laughs> Fuck out of here with the green limes. Uh, all right, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, so I am drinking from, hopefully, one day when we hit it big, our number one sponsor, uh, Wowie by Rheingeist. Oh, yeah, good choice. Have you had this? I have had it, yeah. Oh, okay, yep. So this is an ale with pineapple and passion fruit, and I will read their dumbass description on the back. <laughs> hey, hey, down the road, if, if we parlay this podcast into anything, can we just make beer? And we can can we just like beer one, beer two? Um, this one tastes like paint. <laughs> like just, hey, you want to get drunk? This one has more alcohol. Enjoy. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, I I, I want to be I did like. That countercultural to like beer movements yes yes you know a I very mean? kind of uh yeah a very boring looking can with just like this is our ipa this is our stout um exactly <laughs> you, you we will have a lager a stout and an ipa and that's it yeah that's it's not gonna have any funny is. names <laughs> no, no funny names just like you know knuckleball brewing uh ip Damn, that's actually a good name. That's for a actually sick. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, we should quit the podcast and start a brewery then. We should. But knowing us, though, then everything would be like fucking baseball themed that yeah. we're out there with our like, you know, our 2021 Bunt IPA. Right. <laughs> yeah. That and like um, I've, I've always I just have had zero interest in brewing my own beer. Like I, I know people that do and it's like. It's super hard to do well, and yeah. I just—I know I'm not going to be good at it, and also I don't really care to do it. So, I—I I think it wears off quickly because when you mm. see beer getting made, you're just like, man, this is kind of fucking gross. Like, yeah. I don't want this. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, so this says, "Meet the Wild Child, our to- our tropical troublemaker, with effervescent intentions." Ooh. This. Ale pairs bright pineapple with apple and tart passion fruit and a sensual carambo. <laughs> I've never seen that word before. Make the getaway, destination unknown, set off into the sparkling skies. Let's get out of here. The possibilities, the thrill, the adventure. Wowie. So it took me like two hours to finally realize that Wowie is just like a play on words for Maui. Yeah, right. Because I'm like, why is this like, did somebody drink it? And they were like, Wowie. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a tropical Hawaiian yeah, pineapple. It, I don't, it took yeah. me multiple hours. <laughs> Maui Wowie, bro. <laughs> so the way I feel about this beer is I did have one last night. Um, honestly, it's, I, I do like it. It's pretty good. It's pretty understated. Um, but it really tastes more like a cider to me. Yeah. I don't think this is an ale. Yeah. Um, that was my, that was my experience with it. It was too sour to be like a drink everyday type of ale. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I do, I do find it to be though, pretty understated. Like I am impressed that it's not just like hitting me over the face with everything. So mm-hmm. I do think they actually did a pretty good job of blending it all. 
But then again, yeah, like I said, I mean, I just it, this this is a cider. I it just ta- it just I mean, it's super clear. Yeah, it's just a cider. Yeah, there's hardly any head. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. ciders. Yeah, but yeah, it's actually pretty good. I don't mind it. Cool. Yeah, right on. <clears throat> well, I have a story for you that I hinted at over text a while back. Some- oh, that's right. Yeah, you you've had some experiences lately, so I am. Yeah. Curious. So. I had a near-death experience, and I want to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> Here's I, what happened. Okay. <laughs> I got electrocuted. Long story short, um, not like not like shocked, full-on electrocuted, where current was flowing through my body and I couldn't move. Um, so I was over at a buddy's house and we were jamming. I was playing bass. He was playing guitar, and we were in this buddy's house that's got like this really old, crappy apartment that obviously has like you know, looking back, uh, terrible wiring um, <laughs> because there's no way in hell this should happen. Um, so I was playing bass. I was, I was. We were in his living room. I, I plugged my amp into an outlet on one side of the living room. He plugged his guitar amp onto an out, a different outlet on the other side of the living room, and we were jamming having a good time did that for about like an hour and then after that we were like okay well well, let's do one more song but you play bass on this one i'll play guitar so we go to switch instruments and i i got my my bass in hand and i i i go to grab his guitar and we're swapping off and the second i grabbed like both guitar necks in my fist i was double fisting guitars um the second i touched it it like I could not move. I felt electricity just going through my entire upper half. I was shaking. Uh, I couldn't, my muscles were clenched, so I couldn't drop them. And I was like, oh shit, this is how I die. This is it. Like, (laughs) this is a real shitty way to go out. So, um, wow, that's crazy. Um, Well, first off, I've always wondered this. So did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. It, it was mostly scary. It, it, it was more scary than it actually hurt. It, okay. um, yeah, it, it, my whole like upper half was like vibrating. And I mean, you know, like when you get shocked, like just imagine that, but it doesn't stop after a second. It like, it was going on for like, I, I think it lasted like three seconds, which in hindsight isn't very much, but five seconds probably could have killed me. And after like three seconds, I, I don't I don't really know how, but I finally just had the faculties to just like throw his guitar and I was right beside the couch. So I threw his guitar on the couch and then it stopped. I was like, what the fuck was that? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What did your buddy do? Because I would imagine he would have handed you the guitar and went to grant and then you're just like, <laughs> yeah, he didn't realize what was happening because it only lasted for like so few seconds he, he he knew that something was off but after but until i like was out of it and i was like holy shit i just got electrocuted he didn't know until i was just like yeah that just happened he was like <laughs> he actually said oh i thought i thought you like saw a bug or something i thought you were freaking out because you saw a bug <laughs> i was like what you think seeing a fly would scare me to the point of not being able to talk and move <laughs> i'm just frozen with fear <laughs> So I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have the same reaction in that situation, but right. had it been me, I think you would have been more hurt because I would have shoved the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing because I, yeah, like look at in hindsight, like you're obviously not supposed to like grab somebody or else you're going to get f- fucked up too. So what do you even do in that situation? So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess with it happening that like that, that is insane. Like, and there is also a good chance I have learned that I do apparently panic. So I maybe would have just panicked, but 
Um, that's hard because you grab both the guitars and then, you know, that had the current. You, you literally wore the middle point between yes. the two currents running through your amps and everything. Yep, I was the um, ground. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, if he would have grabbed one of the guitars to get one out of your hand, it would have just he would have just been a part of it, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe with it splitting off, maybe it would have got weaker. I don't really know anything about electricity. Truthfully, it scares the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> Same here for, now. For, for this exact scenario. But that is funny because I had actually Logan had an amp that where when you would plug it in, no matter what outlet, um, he would he would be playing bass and if he touched the pickup it would shock him oh god <laughs> so he would, every now and then we'd be playing he'd be like fuck oh, jeez <laughs> by the end of like practicing he's like eyebrows are singed off and shit yeah, like that's awesome i had so. a i had a microphone that did that like when if you got too close to the microphone if you like touched the grill of it it would shock you every time you touched it i think i remember that because did, did you did you have it like in an era that we would have been friends? Cause I, I might almost rem- have. Yeah, I might. Have. I think I remember it because I think I kept thinking that because I get really close to mics and yeah. I thought it was pulling out my mustache. Hairs. Yeah, that's what it felt like, too. Yeah. When you got a mustache, it feels like it's just stabbing your mustache hairs into your skin. But <laughs> yeah, because that happens every now and then I'll catch a microphone wrong and it will just yeah. pull out facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. Um, I have a guy. There's a guy I work with that like knows a shitload about like electricity. So I like went and asked him. I was like, hey, what happened here? He was like, I mean, that's just bad grounding. Like there's literally nothing you can do to prevent that in the future, except make sure you don't plug into a bad outlet. I was like, how the fuck do you know if you're going to plug into a bad outlet? You don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. You, you don't. you really don't. <laughs> That's crazy, though, man. Well, I'm glad you didn't die. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> well, now, my question would have been, did you ask him if there would have been enough electricity to possibly have killed you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and he said that, like, I, I did get lucky because, like, because I had the faculty to, like, drop the guitar, that meant it wasn't, like, the worst possible, like, electrocution you could have like if you were severely electrocuted you wouldn't have been able to move and you would have died just like this um but he he was basically like if you you know wouldn't have dropped the guitar and you know waited another i don't know even five seconds yeah you could have died so damn it's enough I would have felt really bad if that how that happened in my apartment (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy Well, I'm glad you didn't die, buddy. Yep, yep, I'm here, I'm here, so we can continue this shitty podcast. (laughs) Would have been a lot worse had you died. (laughs) Really puts things into perspective. (laughs) Thank God we could keep doing the podcast. Uh, The show must go on. The show must go on. That's insane. Well, with that said, do you want to get into the, dare I say, lightning round? (laughs) (laughs) Just have, like, PTSD Right. Yeah, let's do a let's do a lightning round. You know what? Uh, let's let's not use that word for a while. Let's just call it the uh, the quick question round. <laughs> all right, the quick quick. All right, we'll rebrand here so it's yeah. not to not to offend you. We'll call it the quick quick fast question round. Fast question round. All right. Question number one: um, What exotic animal would you want to most keep as a pet? Like barring any sort of like ethical dilemmas or safety <laughs> dilemmas, like <laughs> like if it was totally safe to just own an exotic animal, which one would you keep? 
I still kind of want to say fox, but I, I don't think that's necessarily an exotic animal. But it would be considered one because it's not a domestic pet. Sure, yeah. Um, a fox would be a really big one. I think if I wanted to be more grandiose, like, I'd be down to just own a panther. <laughs> yeah. Like, just a black panther. Oh, just the yeah. most terrifying animal ever in the world. Like, yeah. And I, I would, yeah, probably a, probably a panther. Yeah, the, no, that would be sick, man. Especially if you could like domesticate it and just like if if you had a black panther that behaved just like a large house cat, then like yeah, by all means, I would own that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have to build its own fucking house because it would <laughs> if it acted like a domestic cat, then it's just going to fucking like jump all over your shit. Except yeah. it's a panther, so everything <laughs> it does, it's gonna break something. <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. It's kind of like an archer with the ocelot. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pro- probably panther. I just think like... It's like I get why people don't like cats, but in my experience, it's just so funny to see. I don't think that cats and like their ancestral tigers and lions are that different. Like, whereas I think like dogs domesticated breeds of dogs while they still have like you know habits of their their wolf brethren uh i i still feel like it's further removed right like i don't know maybe i'm maybe i just have this weird thing about cats it's yeah. just the they they <clears throat> just they, sure. I, I i don't know it's just to me it's like you'll see a lion do like it will like when it's belly rubbed like it will do the same fucking thing my cats do I'm like, yeah. that's so weird. I have this little cat who's just kind of an asshole. That thing, who is also an asshole, can also eat me in like two seconds. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I think like lions, maybe not so much tigers. I'm more fascinated by like lions and panthers and leopards because they are just killing machine they are made to kill right right and so while the uh, by the same token if you had like a wolf um you don't think a wolf would like want to play fetch with you or go for walks <laughs> <laughs> i i well i just don't i think the level of well yeah i guess you're right i guess that's a fair point there's something in a wolf's eye that doesn't seem right yeah. Like his version of fetch is like I'll fetch your tonsil. <laughs> right. With right. my buddies. Like I th- the yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my, I forgot my answer. Um is a uh so I, I think I, I would I would want to own a chimp. Um because to me I think they're they're yeah. most human like. So I would want to own a chimp, like a small one, a well behaved one, and I would treat it like I would a child. Like I would dress it up in cute clothes. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would like teach it to play baseball. Um, yes, heck yeah! <laughs> I would just like walk around with it, take it to class, enroll him in pee wee football. <laughs> <laughs> just just reenact all the Air Bud movies, but exactly. with a monkey. Which exactly. I do think they did do a series with a monkey. They did. I... Yeah, there was a there was a well. There's been a couple movies. I'm glad you asked because I am <laughs> the expert. <laughs> I am the expert on monkey sports movies. There was a movie um, with uh, Joey from friends called ed where he taught a where, where uh, there was a baseball playing monkey <laughs> oh man um, that's that's gotta be good 
That's yeah. got to be a really good movie. There's also a movie called MVP, Most Vertical Primate, with Richard Karn, and it's a skateboarding monkey. <laughs> that one I remember. That one I actually remember. Yes, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, just a skateboarding monkey featuring Al Borland from Home Improvement. <laughs> oh, man, who green lights that shit? Dude, right? Oh, yeah, and Al Borland, he also owned a skate shop. It's like, hey, I know you're famous for being this flannel wearing lumberjack, but uh, and this movie we want you to be a skateboarder (laughs) and he's so that like he's so the whole he's so much owl that i'm sure it was just like hey dudes (laughs) you want a cool new board and it's like oh man yeah yeah. like real (laughs) skaters would never shop there ever right okay boomer (laughs) uh fast question round number two Okay, this one is inspired by I watched uh, I watched Back to the Future again a few nights ago. Uh, I, I have a problem. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying, why are you saying it so ashamedly? Because I, I, I talk about it all the time. Um, I probably yeah. watch that movie like at least three times a year. So wow. Um, so this one's inspired by that. If you had a time machine that you knew was going to break down as soon as you get to your destination, uh, a would you use it? And B, where would you go? Or when would you go? I feel like the sci-fi nerd in me would not want to use it because we don't actually understand time travel. Um, if you've watched Avengers Endgame, they kind of like unwrap. They actually kind of like shit on Back to the Future. Do they? <laughs> through a good portion of that movie. Spoilers. They time travel. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's a more interesting question to just say I'm going to use it. So let's start there. Sure. I weirdly would want to go to like, man, that's such a hard question because it's like I think a lot of eras in the world and even America, especially America, are romanticized. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's any great time period in the United States. I think it would just be picking a time period where you would be invested so me personally i've been watching this show on hbo called love lovecraft country um honestly i don't even want to get into it too much because it's so fucking insane that that will be the whole podcast but the whole point being is it takes place after the korean war um back in like the um early 60s late Mm -hmm. 50s um during like where jim crow laws were still a thing it's basically like right before the civil rights movement and it follows all these black characters in Chicago. And um, now it's based in, like, H.R. Lovecraft lore. So there's all these, like, supernatural monsters and shit and all that. But they do a really good job of combining the two with the racial racial issues that they go through and what it means to them. And, like, it it's, like, super cool because, like, all the, all the characters are, like, super educated and are, like, honestly incredibly smart. And but also the main thing is the music fucking jams. Mm -hmm. So I would like to go to that era, be like a white guy living in that neighborhood of Chicago and just like fight the oppression that they deal with. Because there's a whole thing with like pioneering and actually like moving black people into white neighborhoods. And not that it'd be fun. It would suck ass. But I guess I would have I would have respect for the people I was with. And I would, I would know. To me, it's black and white. No pun intended. Of like, who's the good people, who's the bad people. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know. Maybe like I guess that's what I, in short what I'm trying to say. Like right before the civil rights era or the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because the music was really good. You're fighting the oppressor. I mean, super crazy, terrifying. But I mean, I don't know what else is there to pick. Like what? What's your answer? Let's go there. My answer is a little lamer than yours. Um, so, you know the movie Yesterday, where the guy like wakes up and the Beatles didn't exist. Um, <laughs> well, that's not a time period. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's my little twist on it. I would go back to like before. Well, but it wouldn't be the Beatles because fuck the Beatles. Um, but let's say, for example, I, w- I would travel back to like the early '60s and just like write a whole bunch of Rolling Stones songs and steal songs from the Rolling Stones. So I could just be like a rock god, <laughs> okay. and then I would just and then I would just make bank off of Rolling Stones songs. Um, so basically, if I had a time machine, I would want to be Keith Richards. <laughs> See, but I, here here's an inherent flaw with yesterday, and I and and I think this this flaw so uh, persists because the the plot of yesterday is the Beatles don't exist, but he knows all the songs. So you're telling me this guy can accurately recreate from memory all these Beatles songs and also do them as well. I so, mean, and then you're going to try to do the same thing and then you're going to just be Keith Richards. You don't get to just be him. You have to be as good as Keith Richards and you no. got to find Mick Jagger. Well, that's the thing about like the Beatles songs is for the most part, they're not that hard to play. And I know people are going to be like shitting on me, but there are uh, Beatles songs are very catchy there. And, and that's the one thing people love about them is they're, they're so catchy. Like I could play most of their songs on guitar, some of their songs on piano, and I'm not that good. Like not to say they're not great musicians because they are. George Harrison is definitely one of the best guitarists of all time, but strip that down and it's still a catchy song. So I, th- I, think I don't have people, to be as good as him. <laughs> I think what people miss, though, I, I hear this argument come up a lot, but I really vehemently disagree with it because it's like, yes, you can hear it. And with all the technology and everything, first off, the guy in yesterday did it all by ear. Mm-hmm. I guarantee fucking goddamn to you, you can't play a single Rolling Stones lick by ear because I can't. No, God, no. <laughs> exactly. So that I have a big problem with. And then also it's just like, yeah, but they like. They wrote it, though. So, like, that's the difference. It may not be hard to play, but, man, two guitarists don't play things the same way. You can't make it sound like Keith Richards. You got to be Keith Richards, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I mean, you got me. You got me there, but... I still think that I could do it. (laughs) I'm still going to go ahead and go on with this plan. I think the only band that I think is is possible to do this with would be like, I don't know, fucking like ACDC, unfortunately. That's fair. I've heard cover bands do it all the time. Yep, true that, true that. Um, Or like Elvis. I was also thinking Elvis because like he, I don't, does he even play guitar? I don't, I don't think so. I think he just sings. Um, And most of his songs were like stolen from the black blues community of the 50s. So he actually deserves to have his songs stolen because he did the same. See also Led Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, that's not true at all. Uh, you really want to get into this? All right, so we're back. Um, <laughs> me and Mitch had a 
wildly heated debate. <laughs> yeah, the, we're we're borderline not friends anymore, and it's going to be make the rest of this episode really weird. So. It's going to be real awkward. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're going to have a giant jump, but we may have figured out a. Uh, uh, the next podcast episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, finally something we disagree on. Let's get into fast question round number three. Yeah. Final question. Um, okay. So, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 90s, Michael Jordan released a line of cologne. It was like the Jordan by Michael Jordan cologne. And oh God, that's stupid <laughs> as hell. I did I know. not know that. It's so, yeah, it's so bad. And uh, it's actually kind of a joke now, like where you people go online to buy it just to see how bad it is because it smells pretty bad in hindsight. But in the early 90s, like it, it was pretty normal. But the, the, the cool thing I remember about it, the reason I'm bringing it up is because my dad had some. He got some for Christmas one year. And hmm. um, I remember the bottle it said something like this cologne was made of uh it, it was inspired by michael jordan and all of the things that he loves and then fragrance notes include leather fresh cut grass and mahogany so like he he created this cologne based on things that he likes so like leather from a basketball grass because of because he loves golf and then wood because of a baseball bat so like he took a bunch of things that he liked and was like i'm gonna make a cologne that smells like these things <laughs> i don't think that's how cologne works well, it, it did for michael jordan it was his signature <laughs> wow okay so if there were gonna be my question is if there was gonna be an eli miller signature cologne what three things would it smell like what three things would it smell like that is a Damn good question. What three scents capture your essence? <laughs> um Okay. First thing, uh old books or old records. Oh, that's such a good answer. So that old, like, kind of like, it's almost like mildew, but yes, it's, it's not as... I literally, one of my answers, I, I wrote down mildewy 70s record store. <laughs> okay, so there we go. So Same I think page. it's... I, I'm kind of cheating because I'm including two because I think it's different for books and mm -hmm. for records. But there is like records particularly have a very interesting smell. Those old records mm -hmm. like it's, it's really hard to pinpoint and books do, too. But it just smells like aged and worn and it's kind of mildewy, mm -hmm. but it's not as pungent or as like off putting. It actually draws you in, which is very interesting. Yeah. Um, my second thing um, I don't actually like the way leather smells. So I I was almost going to say that because of baseball gloves, but mm -hmm. I'm like, I actually, I like baseball gloves, but I don't love leather. Um, I would do the smell right after a rain. Mm, okay. Which is really cliche, but I mean, that's a great smell, right? Like rain. Yeah, yeah. Or like like when you when you water on like a spring day when you like water plants and there's just like that flowery smell in the, in the water and stuff, mm, you know, yeah, it's a good smell. <laughs> um, if I found a way to capture it and bottle it the way that girls, uh, necks smell, like when you smell under like their ear, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's got a little creepy. <laughs> it's a little, I'm well aware that it's, a, it's slightly creepy, but I mean, who doesn't love that smell? The sure. nape of a girl's neck. Like who, I mean, you always want to smell that. Yeah. But like, but like when they, you know, not like their perfume, like just the way they smell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Women's skin. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Right there. Fried up you. like a pork rind. You know yeah. what I mean? 
<laughs> but no, honestly, I think that that's a very... I don't know. Is it, is it too weird? Have I got too weird? No, like I don't women think so. smell different. I see right? what you're like, saying. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, there. Okay. I, I don't know what it is. It's very. It's something calming, and um, it just yes. kind of reminds you of cuddling, which is always a good thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that's all I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing creepy. All right. <laughs> okay. What What's yours, Mitch? We have one in common. Which yes, is really we funny. have one in common. This is the mildewy books and record store. Um, my other one would obviously be coffee. Um, although that would make a strange cologne. Um, yeah, I, you heard mine. Mine's gonna smell real fucking weird. <laughs> right. And then the third, I think I'm gonna be basic and just say like wood again because I do like woodworking. Um, yeah. But to be more specific, I love the smell of pine, but not like a Christmassy pine tree, like cutting pine, like the sawdust. It's got a different smell than what a Christmas tree smells like, but yeah. it's it's like it's kind it's calmer. So, so yeah, I would say. 70s mildew uh coffee and pine <laughs> that's fair yeah because because pine when you're working with the wood and doing something it's more subtle mm-hmm. but it still has that like weird freshness to it's it. sweet and yeah 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 uh no that's fair well these would probably both be really bad colognes almost as bad as the michael jordan cologne that smells like grass and leather <laughs> yeah like i i <laughs> I just maybe that's how they make cologne. I just I didn't think you could just pick things you like the smell of and just cram them together. <laughs> I mean, you know they I mean? made it. They made it work, kind of. Like I, I'll tell you, mine will never be grass because I have allergies, and every time I mow, I feel like I'm gonna die. So Touché. I have a very different experience. <laughs> yeah, because I I do like the way grass smells, freshly yeah. cut grass. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Um. I feel like it could also be beer notes. Like if you make a beer, <laughs> I was thinking that like hops, little. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, what would you call your cologne? Follow up question: What oh, would you call man, it? Oh man, that's a good question. Would you go the Jordan route and just be like Mitch? <laughs> I think I would call it Mitch number five. <laughs> Mitch number five. That's classy. Yeah, that's classy. I think I would want to go like a route where they wouldn't know it was me. Like I would want to call it like, like Snake Eyes. Ooh, okay. <laughs> or like, or like Venom. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like David Feinstein and in, in Parks and Rec, <laughs> right. where it's just like a salty names <laughs> like. <laughs> like panther piss or yeah, something right. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> the most assaulting cologne in the world yeah that's awesome okay well that was my that was my fast question round so we are done <laughs> all right mitch well let's get in the meat and potatoes here so today we are coming back we're gonna get a little nerdy with it yeah because not only are we playing fake core again but we're starting a new season of Fate Core. Mm-hmm. We're picking up where we left off with George Michael and Violet and Doug Dimmodome, and we're going right back into it. We're starting a new little plot line, and as we were kind of talking about, my whole goal with this thing is to get Mitch through his first tabletop RPG campaign. Now, typically in tabletop RPGs, they can take like years mm-hmm. <laughs> um, of people playing and coordinating, but we're good. We probably got like six or seven episodes of this left. Yeah. And we'll probably get to the end. Um, so, which isn't too bad. So, I'm trying to keep it realistic for Mitch here. Um, but we are getting back into Fate Court again. We're starting the next season, whereas season one was introducing George Michael, which I really wish we had the name from the beginning. 
because um, that would have helped. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> what did you do on the episode? You put intro, introducing. Yeah, in, because it was like one of the the final episodes of the campaign. So I said uh, introducing like the end, but also introducing. <laughs> it was actually kind of clever. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> I, well, I will admit that I, I stole that from DJ Shadow. He's got an album called Introducing. Um, and ah. I'm man enough to admit that I stole mu- stole something from <laughs> okay. a musician. <laughs> Okay, touche, <laughs> I guess, touche. Um, but we are going to get into the new season, season two, that we are going to title A Murder of Crows. Oh, yeah. Which has a lot of implications. But, all right, we're going to pick up. So, just a, just a quick summary real quick. So, you and Violet made your way through the underground base uh, beneath the Wabash Historical Museum mm-hmm. and um, was able to attain a little bit of information. Um, you had to fight off one of the head guards there. Um, but by doing so, basically you set off their self-destruct mode in the base and the base was destroyed. So you and Violet barely made it out of there with information in hand and fortunately Doug Demidone rolled up, came to the rescue, picked you guys up. So you guys hopped in that pickup truck and you guys split town. His heat coming down upon you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's looking for you. All right. So kind of kind of brought everybody up to speed here. So you, Violet and Doug, find yourselves at like a midnight diner at around midnight, coincidentally. Very late at night. Um, You're all kind of sitting in this booth. Um, Violet's like kind of just distracted and tired from being on the road. So she's kind of just staring out the window, kind of like cuddled up in the booth, kind of, kind of almost falling asleep. Doug is just slamming biscuits and gravy down, (laughs) just absolutely killing it. There's truckers and burnouts and all these sort of kind of random people in this diner late at night. You're just, it's a lonely diner off a highway. Um, you guys have been driving pretty much this is this is the first real stop you've had since everything that happened in Wabash so I mean you've been on the road for three or four hours so Mm -hmm. you put a lot of distance between yourself and Wabash Mm -hmm. um you guys have talked on the way so you've kind of like shared your stories you and Violet have kind of told Doug about everything going on with the historical museum everything going on there Doug kind of talked about how um you know he had been followed like you know that happened early on in one of the episodes where Doug had got followed by a black sedan. So he actually had been followed quite a bit and he started to actually confront the people following him and they turned out to be some some what seemed to be government agents just following him around. Um so, you know, Doug being a pretty smart guy figured it was because of this monster that you guys had encountered at one point, or possibly even just because of George Michael. So you guys are kind of sitting there, you've kind of finished your food, you're kind of just, you know, sitting there, taking a minute to breathe. And uh, Doug, kind of in between his bites of biscuits and gravy, is just kind of like, well, you know, I've been thinking. I'm thinking about a few things here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys been telling me about this Franklin Franklin Dubois character. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you had an address in that little dossier that you guys were able to find, and uh, I realized he's only about an hour and a half away. It's not too far away, and I was just kind of thinking an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, I like the way you roll. So I think it might be a good idea to maybe pay Mr. Franklin Dubois a little visit there. Yeah. All right. So 
Doug, uh, you you and Doug kind of decided to be a good idea. Vi- Violet's kind of out at this point. She's fourteen. She's really fucking tired. Um, <laughs> but but you guys decide to to go ahead and head over to Franklin Dubois' place because mm-hmm. you have this address. He's like a couple towns away, so he's only about an hour and a half away mm-hmm. um, to go visit this address and see what you can learn about Franklin Dubois. Mm-hmm. See, if okay. he, see if he can maybe help you since he's also an enemy of of whoever was guarding this this historical museum so mm-hmm. you guys pay your bill head out of the diner uh i'm gonna i'm gonna roll to see to decide who has to pay the bill um oh okay right. well so do you want <laughs> uh who who do you want to try to make pay the bill uh obviously i want doug to pay the bill okay so i'm gonna make you do uh <laughs> hold on let me find the right one I don't think deceive. No, nah, let's do a deceive. I'll have you do a deceive roll because you're gonna you're gonna try to convince Doug that like it would be it would be good if he paid the bill. Like okay. it, it would be okay. it would be necessary for him to pay the bill. So do a deceive roll. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, plus one. All right. So so plus two and your roll of plus one gave you a plus three, and I will I will roll for Doug. He's he's gonna defend against this because he's. He's aware of what you're trying to do. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm gonna roll for. I'm gonna do an empathy roll. Plus one. Okay. So you're able. So so what do you what do you want to say to Doug to convince him to pay the bill for you? Doug, um, I'm a child. I don't have any money. Uh, <laughs> you drove, so I think you should uh, finish the job. <laughs> well, you're right. I did kind of eat my fair share of biscuits and gravy here. It's like my third plate. You had plate. most of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought it was endless. According to the waitress, it is not endless. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, feel that, like, that, I feel like the way I play fake core is like, you know, when you go to play chess with someone who doesn't know what they're doing and they make this move that's just like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, that's how I am as a fake core person. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of derailing the game just to be like, ah, I want to roll. <laughs> just no, that's fair. Make Pop. something up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You keep me on my toes, man. It's just, it's good yeah. practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doug's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This, this, this biscuits and gravy really wasn't endless. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. So he slaps down money for the bill, and All right. he's like, you, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to this waitress real quick. You get, you guys go ahead and uh, head out to the truck, and I'll meet you out there. All right, sounds good. So you, Violet, <laughs> go out outside into the cold air. You guys hop in the truck, kind of get ready. You see Doug paying his bill, kind of flirting with the waitress a little bit. He comes out, hops in the truck, like, all right. We're off to see Franklin. All right. <laughs> and he kind of drops it in gear and hits the road. So you guys drive for about an hour and a half to this address. Um, it's on the outskirts of this town that none of you all really seem to know very much about. Um, but you pull up, and, I mean, he's definitely out in the boonies. He's out in the country. But you pull up to a little mailbox that has the address on there, and you notice there's a, there's a fence, there's a gate. But it's actually locked. Mm-hmm. So, woods on either side, not really a way to to drive around it. So, you know, Doug kind of pulls up in front of the gate, parks it, and he's like, Well, I don't think it'd be very neighborly to go ahead and bust this gate open, so I think we're going to have to walk, guys. So, y'all open the door, hop out, and you start walking. So, you're just walking down this old, like, you know, dirt road leading up to the house. So, you walk for a good, like, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's been a while. None of y'all really saying anything. You're kind of on edge because you don't really know anything about this Franklin guy. And you're just, you're not really sure what to expect. And, um, you know, most of you don't even really know what to say to the guy. 
how are you going to explain how you know where he is and where yeah, he lives? True, true. What's going on? So you walk for about 20 minutes, kind of in silence, just with the moonlight illuminating your path. And you come into the clearing um, where the road starts to actually lead up to the house. So now you see his house. It's a pretty standard, small, two-story house. Um, you, It's it's pretty dark because the woods are so thick around you. You can't really see anything else, but you just see this house um, out in this kind of small clearing. Um, so it's hard to make anything else out. But you've 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 arrived upon the house. So how do you want to handle this? Do you want to approach? Do you want to send somebody in? What do you want to do? Oh man, um, let's uh, before we. Before we go bust down this guy's door, can we kind of do a lap around the house, see what we can find out, see if we can find any any data? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of just want to, like, scope out the house before you just walk up and start beating on the door. Yeah, I want, I want to creep around his property, maybe, I, maybe see if there's any sort of sheds or anything. He's got something hidden. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, you can do that. So... What, that's what you got that's what you kind of tell them and they're like okay sure like you know we'll we'll sneak around so you guys kind of start sneaking um, just around the outline of this clearing not getting too close but trying to see what's going on so you um, go ahead and do a stealth roll for me I don't think you have stealth as a skill but you mm. might I do not um, so I got a plus one. Okay, okay, so, and I'm going to do one for... Oh, I do have an investigate. Would this count as an investigate? Um, I think this would count a little bit more like a notice. An okay. investigate is a little bit more detail-oriented, but what you can do... Um, right now, you're you're sneaking, but you're not doing a great job at it. Okay, you okay. You haven't... Nobody has noticed you, but you're not doing a great job. So, mm. if you want to, you could do a notice roll to try and see what you're observing as you're as you're sneaking around. Okay. Can I can I do that? Yeah. Yeah, instead of yeah, just do it. Yeah. Do you have notice as a skill? I do. Yeah, actually I have plus 3. It's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, do that. Who <clears throat> boy. Okay. So <laughs> that was not good. I got negative 1. But plus oh. 3 is 2. So you got plus two. Okay, so um, you guys are kind of all split up, kind of going around the compound, and uh, you you kind of see, you're seeing like dark, shadowy structures, but you can't really make out what anything is. And you're, you know, you could, it seems like there's a fence surrounding the property that you didn't really notice when you first walked in, because it's mm. just, it's so dark because of how thick the woods are. But you're noticing just these dark structures. You think maybe there's a car sitting in front of the house. You're not sure. But just as you're trying to piece all this together, you hear Doug over there like, Oh, shit! And just like a... Oh, no. And then when you hear that, all these floodlights turn on above you. Oh, And the fence that surrounds the property is actually an electric fence. So you hear it go like... And like sparks are popping off this fence. It's too soon. It's too soon, bro. Um, So... Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking touch the <laughs> um, So Doug gave it away. Doug, Doug fucked up. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, Doug. Okay. He had a bad role. Plan B. Up. So all these floodlights are on. So now it's like clear as day out there. 
and you see that he has like floodlights set up on these towers that there's this big giant electric fence surrounding his property and you hear a voice come on the intercom like I'm gonna give you three seconds to get out of here oh boy alright otherwise I'm coming out <laughs> three sir sir put my hands up and <laughs> we just want to talk we just want to talk <laughs> I'm a real bitch when it comes to these sorts of situations. <laughs> All right, come out and stand in front of the house. That worked? <laughs> You're about to shoot us. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so you, Violent Doug, all gather with your hands up in front of the house, and he like said, all of a sudden, the door kicks open. There stands a man, kind of kind of in his like late 50s. Um, fairly straggly looking, but he kind of has on like a blazer still, or like mm-hmm. a cardigan. So he, even in the middle of the night, he's still kind of decently well-dressed, just looks kind of disheveled, and he's got a shotgun. And he walks down his porch steps, and he's like, what are you doing here? Are you Franklin Dubois? How do you know who I am? <laughs> do you mind if we come in and talk to you for a second? Ask you a few questions? Right now, not really. <laughs> or wait, right now I do mine. <laughs> wait, sorry, it's very late. What the fuck are you doing here? Are you happy with your sprinkler system? Uh, <laughs> 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 We're selling door-to-door uh, sprinklers. At 12 o'clock at night? Unlikely. What are you doing here? Uh, all right, does the word riven mean anything to you, sir? Perhaps. Are you with them? Perhaps. He cocks the shotgun. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All right, Doug's, Doug's going to chime in a little bit. Doug's Take it like, away, Doug. Well, wait now. Hold on, sir. Look, sorry. No, we, we, we just dealt with Riven, okay? We don't know anything about it, but from what I've been able to gather, these... Young people here broke into some kind of base, some kind of underground, possibly riven base, and they found a dossier about you, okay? And from what I've gathered, that it was probably riven, a riven base that they broke into, and they got a dossier on you. That's how we had your address. We want to come talk to you because you feel like you might be able to explain some things. Yeah, don't, don't mean to offend, but uh, our friend Will is missing, and we think you can help us find him. Will Byers? Yeah, you know him? I know what happened to him. <laughs> Alright. I think you guys should probably come in. Oh, so he, yeah. he kind of lets his guard down, kind of lowers the shotgun, and kind of ushers you inside. So he goes on and flips on the line. So you guys you guys go into this house. Um, It's just kind of like a... It's like a fairly quaint home. It's just... Filled with like books, newspapers. Um, there's a he's got a record player in one of the rooms, like a lounge, massive collection of records, knickknacks, nice. old movie posters. Just you know, kind of a messy little home, but it's it seems very quaint, very homey. A nice change of pace for everything that's happened within the past few days. So um, he moves over and he sits down at this desk. The desk is incredibly messy. Papers everywhere. All this stuff going on. You're 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 in his like study. Okay, so he kind of ushered you guys in. Um, 
He sits down on his desk, massive papers everywhere, all this stuff, files, all this stuff. And he's like, well, I got some coffee brewing if you want some. Sure, yes, please. Okay, so he goes, He uh, his kitchen's right off his study. So he goes over to the kitchen and he pours some coffee. You guys are just seated in the study. You're kind of Ooh. looking around, you know, taking in all of his, you know, just fucking hoarding mentality of stuff. Mm-hmm. He comes back in, he gives you, Doug and Violet, uh, some coffee, but Violet's like, uh, no thanks, I'm, I'm much too young for coffee. And then I say, Franklin, is this Folgers? <laughs> uh, Franklin says like, uh, no, it's, it's not Folgers, it's actually, um, fair trade, uh, South American <laughs> Venezuela beans. My I, uh, man, my man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give me your guy's number. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I, I have a little bit extra, though, that I could maybe give you when you guys leave. But anyways, would, we'll talk about coffee That would be a later, treat. So. That would be a treat. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really know what to do with Violet because uh, he's not really good with kids, so he just kind of puts the coffee down in front of her. But he goes and sits back down at his desk and swivels the chair around to the three of you, and he says, like, so... You've been looking for Will Byers? Yes, we have. <laughs> Says, well, I think you're a bit too late on that. Because uh, Will Byers has been found. And actually, he starts, you know, shuffling through papers. And he pulls out this file. And basically, he starts to tell you about Hawkins, Indiana. And he actually basically regales you with what is the first season of Stranger Things. Okay. <laughs> so he basically goes through that whole plot with you. He talks about how Will went mi- missing. They found a body in the quarry. Turned out the body wasn't real. That they, they were able to actually find Will Byers. Um, and that there were some strange occurrences going on in Hawkins, Indiana. It's mm-hmm. um, You know... Uh, so he, he basically fills you in on all, that whole plot. Um, and he says, like, so, it was nice of you to go looking for Will, but it looks like Will's okay now. Which brings me to my second question. What happened at this base? He said Wabash, it happened under the Wabash Historical Museum. I've yeah, heard reports been, of an explosion going on over there. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, so I'm a little rusty. But um, yeah, if I remember correctly, <laughs> uh, yeah, we broke into this base and it blew up on us, and I had to fight my way out. <laughs> and that's where you found this dossier on me. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. You, uh, yes, we found your name in a file. They had your name somewhere. What did it say about me? Fuck if I remember. Uh, <laughs> And Violet goes, well, it says you're a threat. It says that you need to be eliminated. And that's why we're here. Thank you, Violet. If you're that big of a threat to these people, we want to know what's going on. And then he says, so did you see a symbol with a snake eating its own tail and a cross Yes, I did. Yes. Thank you for bringing that. Yes, I did. Yeah. What is that all about? (laughs) Well, it looks like. That a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old somehow was able to take down a top-secret Riven secret base, which is impressive. Michael. George Michael. George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes... Well, <laughs> um, he goes, well, Riven 
is a secret society that masquerades as a private security company. And currently, mm. they have a contract with the U.S. government to help protect, help protect secret information, just like the information that pertains to what happened in Hawkins. Mm. So it looks like that Riven is working with the government to help protect all this information about these alternate realities, these monsters. Um, but here's the thing about Riven. It only masquerades as a secret, as a, as a private security company. It's actually a secret society. Mm-hmm. So they are interested in this information because you may have, there's a term that I found uh, called the upside down. And I believe it was almost like a slang term created about this alternate reality that exists. Here's the thing about Riven. They don't call it the upside down. They call it paradise. Mm-hmm. So their whole goal, they think that this alternate reality in which perhaps these monsters are coming from is actually the real reality. And that's the reality they want to achieve for the whole world. Hmm. And how do you know this? And what did you do to piss them off? Well, I'm ex-military. I was dishonorably discharged because I exposed my commanding officer um, for actually being an arms dealer and was actually selling our munitions um, to the enemy. So after I exposed him, they framed me for it, and I was dishonorably discharged and actually did some time in jail. When I was finally able to get out, I started working as a PI in Indiana, and I worked all over Indiana. As a PI, as a gumshoe, you know, I would just do whatever case happened, and I somehow, I was given a case that took me to Hawkins, and I was working a case, and while I was working in this case, Will Pyers disappeared. So ever since then, I investigated Will Byers. I investigated what was going on with the town. Not long after that, it led me to Riven, and then I then I just started pouring all my research into Riven, the government, everything that was going on around these experiments. So this is everything that I've been able to compile. I've even been able to infiltrate a few of Riven's gathering places, these sort of underground clubs where all these members kind of hang out in. So I've been able to gather a lot about them. But it looks like you just landed yourselves in a heap of shit because I am their enemy number one. Why are you sharing this information with a (laughs) 17-year-old? Well, I'm telling you three because from everything you sound, you sound legit, and you guys just destroyed a Riven base the other day. You're goddamn right. So I am quite impressed, and I think you guys might be information to share with because I'm compiling everything because I want to expose them. I want to take it to the media. I'm just not quite there yet. I need a few different pieces. Was that dossier the only thing that you were able to get from that base? (laughs) Unfortunately, it is. Okay. Well, that's okay. I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm super close, and I'm, I may just need your guys' help. You guys may be the key to unlocking this, because I'm older now. My knees are bad. I can't, I can't do things like I wanted to. So, also, you notice that Doug has just fallen asleep completely. <laughs> He's just snoring over Doug, there, like Doug. Oh, 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 oh sorry. I just, um, my bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> had a lot of biscuits. <laughs> I, I, I I fill myself up with biscuits and gravy. I'm just I'm just a smidgen full. I'm I'm sorry, sir. I don't mean to impose. Do you have any beer in the house? You got a, a good pilsner? Or? And Franklin Franklin's kind of aghast at him falling asleep in his uh, lounge chair, and he says, uh, 
sure, you can help yourself. There's a couple beers in the fridge. So Doug's like, oh, well, shit. And Doug kind of gets up and scurries <laughs> over to the fridge. And he's, you hear him fumbling in the fridge there looking for beer. And Franklin goes like, well, you guys are welcome to stay to the night. Looks like you guys have been traveling for a while. I say, why don't we get some sleep? You guys stay here tonight. As you can tell, I have a security system here, so it's pretty easy to be alerted anytime somebody comes on my property. <laughs> we'll get up in the morning, we'll part our heads together, and we'll start figuring out what the next move is. All right. I say you hear Doug in there like, sounds good to me. <laughs> just going to do a nightcap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, have me a little nightcap, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just fall asleep on this couch right here. <laughs> So Franklin, um, you know, just kind of ushers you and Violet upstairs. There's He's got, like, spare bedrooms, so he kind of just shows Violet to her room and brings her some blankets and stuff, and he does the same with you. And as he kind of gives you, like, you know, some blankets and a bellow, and he's just like, George, was it? Yeah, George Michael, yeah. Yeah. Well, nice to meet you, George. Look, get a good night's sleep. Seems like you're with friends that really care about you. Don't worry, you, you'll be safe here. We'll be able to figure this out. Oh, right on. Right on. <laughs> so he leaves you to it. So everybody goes to bed. So you guys sleep through the night. It was pretty late. So you guys wake up the next day. I'm going to say probably around like 9.30, 10 a.m. It's kind of late, you know, in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys definitely took some time to sleep in. So you kind of wake up to the smell of coffee brewing the sun is kind of like peering in through the window and you could kind of look around and see, um, you know, this room that you're in. And it almost kind of seems to be a room like for like a younger boy, you know, maybe like, maybe like a 14, 15 year old boy. It's got like, you know, movie posters and, you know, like, uh, like a baseball bat and like a baseball glove, like baseball Mm -hmm. gear in a corner. And there's like, you know, little banners for like, you know, different, you know, sports teams and stuff like that. So, but then all of a sudden you hear, Oh shit. Y'all get down here. Oh no. <laughs> What's going on? So y'all, so you, you, you scurry down, you come into, to Doug in the kitchen and you look and there on the floor is Franklin dead. I knew it. I knew it. Oh no. And Doug's <laughs> what like, do we do? Doug's <laughs> like, I think someone poisoned the coffee. <laughs> And then Violet's like, well, that doesn't make sense. You guys drank the coffee last night. And Doug's like, well, yeah, but he just opened this new bag. I think I think what we had wasn't. I think when he opened this new bag of coffee, he went to make it for everybody, and it was poisoned. He's like, but I was sleeping down here all night. I didn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> you, what do we do? <laughs> Mitch is Don't drink shook. the fucking coffee. <laughs> So then Doug, and then, so Violet chimes in. It's like, well, we got to call 911 and get the cops here to figure out what's going on. Doug's like, wait, hold on. Think about it. We're in the home of somebody wanted by a secret society slash private security company thing. I don't know. I was kind of in and out there for a while (laughs) while y'all were talking. Uh, We're the only ones here surrounded by floodlights, an intercom system, and an electrical fence. I'm pretty sure they're not going to believe that we were just stopping by for a siesta. Yeah, okay? it's going to look pretty shady. Yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure we're going to take the fall on this if we get the authorities involved. Okay, I think the best thing we could do, split up, look for clues, and let's get the fuck out of here. All right? Yep. Because yep. I am not I'm liking down. this. George, what do you think? 
nope, I'm, I'm totally down. Yep, let's, uh, let's get out of here as soon as possible. But let's try to find out a little bit more info on what the fuck just happened. Okay, all right. So this is actually where I want to go ahead and end this session for you. Oh, okay. I kind of want to end it on a little bit of a cliffhanger on a peak. Okay. But this is this as far as I wanted to get you on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is why I ramp, wanted to ramp it up. So like I said, not a, not a whole lot was going to happen in this one, but this really sets up basically what you guys are going to be dealing with moving forward. Mm-hmm. So cool. it does look like somehow that Franklin Dubois was poisoned while you all were in the house. Um, so you're not really, as you, as you seemed pretty shook by the whole thing. (laughs) So this starts it off. So like I said, you know, Franklin has been able to really just update you everything that happened in Hawkins, able to give you context into what Riven is, what Riven is doing. So basically what you were able to like kind of piece together is like clearly Riven, Riven was also having... Uh, was protecting things in Wabash that it kind of happened in Hawkins, mm-hmm. just to a lesser degree. So clearly, they're sort of the garters of this information. Um, so, yeah, that was your first session of this. Shit! All right, cool. I like it. But, like I said, not a lot, not a lot for you to do, but I, it set <clears throat> me up because yeah, definitely no. So it's a bottle episode. <laughs> it, it, a little bit. So when you come back, it's gonna pick up for you. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, man, that was fun. No, that was uh, that was awesome. <laughs> All right. A lot of twists and turns. Yeah, I'm trying. I was I was giving you more of a murder mystery this season. Yeah, cool. To kind of before I before we bring it all home, bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Cool. Trust me, I'm gonna have plot lines intersecting, dude. Dude, <laughs> you're like an M Night Shyamalan over there. A <laughs> little bit. I'm getting a little crazy with it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that was our little fake core session. Sorry if it wasn't incredibly exciting, but I promise the next one will definitely be. Cool, cool. Yep, sounds good. Well, I had fun regardless. So, um, yeah, do you want to you want to finish this thing up, Ender? Take yeah, let's uh, let's get into some what you cranking, Mitch. What you've been cranking lately? All right, so I have been cranking a band by the name of Nude Party. Um, they okay. have a new album that came out uh, called Midnight Manor, and Nude Party is like I don't know if I've talked to uh, t- told you about them before, but they're a very cool like '60s psychedelic meets country blues rock, if you can imagine what that is. And by that I mean it sounds a lot like Bob Dylan and Rolling Stones, but just a modern version of that um, with a little bit of psych influences. Um, Really good stuff. So, um, yeah, they have a new album, Midnight Manor. Check it out. Um, I just kind of stumbled on these guys. My friend Nick told me about them, and I really like it. So, okay. Yeah, I'm always always down with some alt-psych country folk (laughs) indie rock thing. It's hard to nail down. Yeah, it, it is hard to nail down. But yeah, just imagine Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, with some psych. <laughs> no, I could, I could fuck with that for sure. Cool. Um, so I have been cranking, and I really can't believe that this hasn't come up before. But I have been cranking a little band, possibly the greatest band ever. Tenacious D. Oh yeah, good, good stuff, my man. All right, what set you down the Tenacious D rabbit hole? 
I kind of accidentally, I just yeah. like weirdly, uh, I, I saw the, the rise of the Phoenix album cover again. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I laughed my balls off. So I went and I listened to that album and God damn, that was such a good comeback album for them. Mm-hmm. Such a good album. I love that title song. Rise of the Phoenix is such a good song when they go into that bit about like, like when they start talking about how the pick of destiny was bad and it's like, but what about all the fans with tenacious D tattoos? Like they'll get them <laughs> removed. And then they go into the part where it's like, we just need one hit, one hit and we're hoping this is it. And it's like, so, th- and like, there's that line where it's like, so the fans can get a new tenacious D tattoo. Like it's just so good, man. Like the jokes yeah. abound on that album and the, the songs are amazing. Like, I just cannot get over how funny the D is, but also how good the songs are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to surprise you. I haven't heard that album. Wow. <laughs> I need to get on it. You should, because it's the... I, I think that album is close to the first album as, as far as quality. Oh, wow. Like, just in humor and the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually... The thing I don't like about the first album as much nowadays is it's too long. There's too many mm-hmm. songs. And I think, and I think that was like their HBO era days, which is like their start. But Rise of the mm-hmm. Phoenix felt like a coalescence of the good and the bad of the D, and it really coming together. And then, so you ha- have you not listened to like Post Apocalypto? No. Okay, that one is also good, but just weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just is that I, the one where they made like the cartoon YouTube video yeah. about? Yeah, I feel like no, I think I did start watching it, and then I was like, this is weird. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I listened to the album more so than anything else. I didn't really get into the YouTube part, but I definitely listened to a lot more of the album. But mm-hmm. I, I think Rise of the Phoenix is like a highlight. It really is the Rise of the Phoenix. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's impressive. So I, I would I would give that album a listen through. I and it's a lot shorter. Will. Yeah, it's not as long. So, all right. Well, that's what we've been cranking. Uh, this was fun. We got nerdy with it. So I think next week, <laughs> maybe the next couple weeks, maybe we'll have some different stuff and then maybe we'll come back to fake core, but yeah, we'll get some different episodes in here. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, that'll be, that was fun. Um, yeah, well, uh, we, I think we got some stuff in the works. Where we're going to fight eventually at some point. So that'll yeah, be good. Straight up box each just other. Duke it out. Yep. Just fucking fight. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next time. And until then, stay fresh, fresh, you cheese bags. I thought we were going to try to say it at the same time. That worked. We'll call it.